Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts, James Nagus and Drew Phillips. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Complete Musician Podcast. I'm Drew, and this is my little mini-series on teaching strategies for private lessons that I have been thinking about this semester now that I've started teaching a music ed class at Liberty, uh, making sure that I am practicing what I preach and being introspective about my own teaching in my private studio with my trumpet and horn players. I've been really thinking about how I do things and whether or not I'm doing some of the instructional strategies that I'm telling the students to do to be better teachers. And because of that, I thought that I would make these little mini podcasts to maybe inspire some of my colleagues or some future music educators or current music educators, anyway, in any capacity. Uh, I've talked about planning so far, I've talked about communication, I've talked about instruction on the past three. This short little podcast is going to be on assessment and evaluation, and that includes things like uh, analysis and feedback and constructiveness and all of those kind of things. So let's define them. Assessment. Assessment is the way that you're going to look and what you're going to be thinking about uh, literally assessing or judging what the student is doing. Uh, there are lots of kinds of assessment that you can use. Uh, there's visual assessment, like watching the student and seeing, do they look like I want them to look? There's oral assessment, listening to the student. Do they sound like I want them to sound? <laughs> there is written assessment. Can they write out what I want them to write out and can they be accurate in that information and then there's verbal assessment if I ask them a question can they tell me what I want to know those are all different assessments and we have to use all of those different assessments in our private lessons we can't just use one or the other uh, we can't just visually assess, right? Because then we're not orally assessing. And we can't just orally assess because how, what if they're doing something crazy with their posture? What if they're holding an instrument in some crazy way? That's not going to be good. We have to make sure that we use all of these assessments to make sure the student is doing what we want them to do, alleviating tension from their body, and sound and look the best that they possibly can. None are more important than the other. They are all important and make up the musician that the student will be. I, I think in private lessons, written uh, assessment is not as important or at least is not used as often, at least in my stage. I, my collegiate students don't often use written assessments uh, unless I'm asking them to write in some problematic fingerings to make sure they're uh, barring where beats are in their music. That's some written assessments that I'm using. Uh, but not many. I think, though, in younger students, like beginning students, writing in note names, writing in uh, rhythms, writing in uh, anything that will help them, beats, counting, written assessment, perfectly acceptable. And I think a vital part of their musical development. I am reading a book right now about private lesson teaching, and the author in it says that when students come to us for private lessons, 
we have to assume that they know almost nothing, very little. They have to demonstrate what they know for you, uh, especially for students that are younger. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I taught piano and uh, brass at a private music studio in North Carolina, and a lot of my students were piano students, and a lot of them were like eight to five years old. And of course, they had elementary music, and so when they came in for piano lessons, a lot of times they didn't have the skills that I was used to teaching on the collegiate level because I was teaching community college at that time as well. And the community college students, they could read quarter notes, they could read rhythms. It was, you know, it was basic. Uh, at that point, they had acquired those skills. But my six, seven, eight-year-olds, they could not. And it was hard to make that transition for remembering, oh, I actually have to teach them this. Like, I am the one who is teaching this. Their elementary school teacher is the one that's solidifying these concepts for them. I have to make sure to do it, too. And that's why I, I honestly believe this. I've always heard that an elementary school music teacher is one of the most important people in a community. Totally agree. Any of you out there that are going to be elementary music teachers, bless you, and we need you, and thank you for doing what you do because you are so vitally important. Because if you aren't there, then all of us in our upper levels of teaching, we have to do the work that you are doing. And it's really hard when you've been in college for so long, especially for, again, future music educators that are in college right now, to go and remember that you're going to be dealing with students who don't have your skill level. It's important that we instruct in that way. Anyway, all of that aside, when we assess, uh, again, written uh, assessment is important for those students. Maybe not so much for private lessons, but a combination of all those ass assessments have to be used. And with assessment comes feedback, comes the evaluation part of it. So what kinds of feedback are there? Well, I think that there's always the yes, uh, the feedback like you did the thing, you didn't do the thing, you sort of did the thing, or you give nothing, which is feedback in itself. So if your feedback to the student is yes, uh, or good, or fine, the, you know, a very positive word, then they did it. Hooray. Uh, if it's no, then they didn't do the thing. Okay. There's, uh, there's also phrases you can use that they did it, but you're going to provide instruction. So the feedback can be, okay, you did this. It didn't go the way it was supposed to try this instead. In my mind, feedback should be accompanied with a precise language statement. And there are ways that you can say these that can be very helpful and constructive to the students. They don't have to be mean. And they don't always have to be positive. If a student, let's give an example. If a student uh, from, the, from our last uh, podcast, I was talking about Franz Strauss's Nocturno. And I was talking about a student playing like the last note of it, which is a pedal A flat. Let's say that is our goal and our objective. And I'm going to be listening for that as they play the piece. So at the end of the piece, they get to the last pedal A flat and it doesn't speak. It doesn't sound at all and they can't make it happen. What are my options for feedback? I could say, nope, you didn't do it. Do it again, but provide nothing to them. That's not very helpful. Or I could say, 
okay, that didn't that did not happen, but try again and this time uh, make sure that you open up your valve sound or make sure that you use a slower, hotter airstream or make sure that your corners are firm when you go from the note before it. Something like that. Make sure you keep your air connected. I give them a precise language statement along with that so it's constructive. It wasn't positive. I didn't say, oh, that was great. And now do it again like this because it wasn't great. I remember a teaching episode I had in school where I was teaching what we called funny band, <laughs> where everyone was on their secondary instruments. And I was teaching a section of some grade one band literature to these to this group of students. And uh, I cut off after one section and I just said, that was horrible. We need to make sure to play in time. Make sure that you keep good pulse. Let's do it again. And the teacher in the back of that class she said it was hilarious because it's true. It was awful. And I didn't tell them, oh, that was great. It was awful. And <laughs> they needed to be told it was not good. But they needed some constructive criticism to go with it. And I think a lot of your statements can be that with feedback. It can be a this is improving or this wasn't quite there. Let's do it this way. It can also be this was getting better. Now do this next time to make it even higher quality kind of thing. The last thing I'll say about feedback is that silence is also feedback. And I think we forget that a lot of times. If we say nothing, then students have no idea what to do. And they'll think that what they did was fine. Even if we didn't say anything. Like if you go, if you're instructing and you assess and you don't say anything, but give more instruction directly after they do an activity, then they perceive that feedback as that must have been fine. Then you have to think, was that actually fine? No, it wasn't. Instruction, just to follow instruction for the pacing sake or trying to get through an activity is not good. If you assess something, if you listen and think that is not the way I want it to be, you have to stop. You have to focus on it every single time. The order of activities is there's instruction. And then you assess the said activity after you give the instruction. Based on that assessment, you give feedback. And the feedback is either good, that met my expectations, that uh, is getting better, uh, but we need to do something else. Uh, it didn't meet my expectations, but we can go in this way. It could be, no, this did not meet my expectations. We need to do something else to help this along. And here's my precise language statement helping you. And you have to keep returning to that assessment. And sometimes you need to return to instructions to instruct in a different way and then go through the assessment feedback portion again before you go on to the next activity or next set of instructions. It's really important that you do that with your assessment and feedback. So your student learning uh, and the analysis, it, you have to give feedback with a variety of ways. You have to visually assess. You have to orally assess. If you're in the place that you need to do written assessment, do that. Verbal assessment is also good. I like to do that with my music ed majors. After we do a concept or a skill, I say, tell me exactly what you did. Tell me how you describe that to a student because what they're going to say to me is exactly what they're going to say to another student. They're their own student, which is going to help them practice their teaching language as well. Uh, your feedback must also be given, it must be relevant and must be given immediately after the activity. Because remember, silence is no good uh, because silence makes it sound like they did exactly what you wanted when a lot of times they didn't or they need some kind of constructive comment to improve.
Also, your feedback must be very honest. Uh, again, it doesn't have to be positive all the time. It doesn't have to be good, great, excellent, beautiful, perfect, because it's rarely any of those things. And when it is, that's when you can move on. Or that's when you can use the repetition principle that we were talking about last time in instruction to solidify the concept or relate it in context to something else. So uh, those are my thoughts on assessment and feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on ways that you assess your students or ways that you've found feedback given that are really helpful and motivate your student uh, or maybe even ways that you've given feedback or been given feedback that were not helpful because I've certainly been given feedback in ways that I did not appreciate and I would not use. And those are all things that we can learn from. To let me know those things, contact me at our email at cormotohorn at gmail.com, or you can do my personal email at aphillips527 at gmail.com. This is the fourth in my little teaching mini-series. There's one more coming up, uh, and then we'll be back to regular podcasting with James once he gets back from his whirlwind adventure. But I appreciate ideas from everyone and hearing from everyone because as teachers, we always need to keep learning. And I love learning from my colleagues, love talking pedagogy, and I'd love to hear from you. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review uh, if you loved or hated this. <laughs> and uh, please like us on Facebook. More content will be coming soon, but thank you for listening. <laughs>